now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios, myself, Spencer Shea, and we do have a guest, but she will not be introduced just yet, because we got we to gotta give a grand introduction to this. This is just not any old guest that we have in here today. We got to give her a grand introduction. Uh, big things are happening, and big things will continue to happen. But we'll start off with wind shares, because I got a whole lot of them, especially this weekend and this week leading into the weekend, starting today. I'll be back at the Child Center, University of Portland, 6 p.m. tip-off. It'll be a second of back-to-back matchups for the Rip City Remix against the G League Ignite. So definitely come out. The Remix are hooping right now. They're hooping, currently on a four-game win streak. And they're playing against G League Ignite, who's not particularly hooping if you refer to the standings. But they do have a guy... And really a couple of guys that are projected to potentially be top five draft picks in the 2024 draft. So it's definitely worth coming out and seeing. They got Ron Holland over there who uh, has big expectations coming into the NBA next season. And he decided to forego going to college and play for the G League Ignite. Take his lumps here early on and then get his get backs later on. <laughs> I would assume it is his plan because he's lumped up. Right you now. know, as a young as they a got, youngster, you know, he's coming in and playing pro whacked. ball against some whacked. dudes that's uh yeah, that get busy. And yeah, and those do. remix boys definitely get busy. So um you can pull up to that 6 p.m. And then Thursday, we will be at the Viking Pavilion. It'll be a 7 p.m. tip off there. It'll be The University of Montana coming into the town. So it's Montana weekend. That's always a good weekend at the Viking Pavilion as Montana will be here Thursday the 25th. And then Montana State will be here Saturday the 27th. Now, Saturday tip-offs are at 4 p.m. This is the first year that they've kind of switched that up. Um, So if you can make it, pull up. If not, tune in on ESPN+. Now, Friday, we have... A couple of games. My guy and Spencer here as the Pacific University boxers will be hosting the Whitworth Pirates. I'll be play by play. Mm -hmm. Spencer will be the analyst for that game. And then Saturday, we kind of trying to figure it out, man. I got a schedule conflict that I'm that I'm working through. I know what you want. I know what you want in your heart. I got a schedule conflict that I'm working through because I obviously just announced the Portland State game. But there is a big game happening at Pacific, especially for the women. Um, in particular, it would be Pacific versus Whitman. The boxer women are hooping. They're yeah. seven and one in conference play, first place in the Northwest Conference right now. They're playing against Whitman, who's six and two in conference play currently, and and third in the conference, or or I guess second because. Pacific is technically tied for first with another 7-1 team who they actually beat. So they're up in the head-to-head. So we'll say Whitman is third for, for that matter, um, but just by just behind by a game and have already beaten Pacific once in their first matchup um, down in Walla Walla or up in Walla Walla, if you will. And uh, they're back at it, though. And this is a team, a Whitman team, that's been really good historically and they have beaten Pacific in the last two seasons in the right. conference championship game in the Northwest <clears throat> Conference Tournament to get that automatic bid to go to the NCAA Tournament. So the boxers trying to turn things around this year, currently in first, 
Got to play them again here at home. This time they get them at home, so we'll see how it goes. And I really, really, really want to be at that game. And I probably hey, will. Be. Yeah. I probably you will. Really I, should be. I do usually, like, I always pick Portland State over Pacific games. Like, I just have, you know, it's TV, ESPN Plus, Pacific. You know, we're streaming. It's all love. You know, I love what I do at Pacific. It don't really matter the medium for me. But that's just what it's been in the past. Um, but I might have to get me a fill-in at Portland State this weekend because it's a 4 p.m. tip-off for that women's game as well. They'll be followed by the men at 6 p.m. Those Friday games will be a 6 p.m. tip-off for the women and an 8 p.m. tip-off for the men. Now, enough of that. We got big things going on on the Wake Up and Win podcast. A big, 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 big situation happening here in the studio. <laughs> a big situation. Big she is a reporter at the Portland Business Journal covering sports business. But more importantly, she is the NMSA Co-Sports Writer of the Year here in the state of Oregon in 2023. And she's also a friend of the show. She's been here before, but she's back again. Demi Lawrence, welcome back to the podcast, Demi. Uh, yeah. What, what woo, an introduction. Woo, woo, woo. What an introduction. Oh, uh, man, we're, we're honored to be here. I, I talked yeah, to you nice earlier to today. And, you know, last time you came on the podcast, and this was in 2022, you know, I had my stuff together. I was all prepped. I had a bunch of questions laid out for you, had particular topics that I wanted you to hit on. And, of course, we'll hit on some topics to here today. But I didn't want to come in with topics today. What I wanted to do was to celebrate you, celebrate this, accompl this accomplishment. So before we kind of get into everything... How you feel? <laughs> like, oh man, it's a big I, deal. It is a big deal. What's so funny is when I was nominated, I didn't really know how big of a deal it was. Yeah, mm. it was funny because it was me, Sean Hyakin, and Bill Oram, which are two men that I have respect doesn't even begin to account for the feelings I have towards those They're, two men as reporters, yes. as individuals. So when I was nominated, I was like, oh, this is cool to be among these names, but I didn't really understand kind of the the weight and the power that you know getting a awards such as this comes with and then I had some friends of mine who are fellow sports reporters across the nation be like dude no this is a big deal like this is yeah, kind of sick for sure so that was cool to even be nominated I was kind of just beside myself at that and then I was I was in the society hotel in old town actually when I got the call and yeah. he called me and told me that I had won aside aside Sean and first of all I was like oh my god I beat Bill <laughs> I was like I don't know how I did that yeah I, like half my job I feel like it's chasing that man's tail yeah he, he's, uh, a, he's the real thing he's so good he's and then the real thing. second of all I was like oh my god alongside Sean like what an honor that yeah. man like I went to draft night uh for the Blazers back you know a few months ago and I didn't really have a story going in I was kind of just there to be there yeah and you know I'm pretty young I'm pretty new to this I like really didn't know what I was doing mm -hmm. but he very much was like this is where you go come in this room with me sit next to me like you got it yeah so nice so welcoming all of his stuff i read his Substack is incredible yes, so it is. i feel great but it, it's definitely it, it, it feels weird i don't know it feels sick it feels weird but it's it's i'm trying not to put an asterisk on my successes anymore i'm real bad about that uh, yeah, so i'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. just like sit with it but yeah, yeah a enjoy lot of, it. yeah enjoy it um it's super cool it feels really cool to be honored for the work that i did this year or last year i guess now and um i was real real proud of the stuff i did last year and um yeah it feels good but it's it's definitely weird yeah 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 <laughs> I, I i ran into sean hyken last night who 
congratulations to him as well, who is the co-sports writer of the year alongside you in 2023. But we had a remix game last night. So, of course, he was out on business doing his right. thing. As I mentioned, we had this G League Ignite game. So, it's, you know, a lot of big noise around it with, obviously, first off, how the remix are playing. And then also with the hype around a potential top five draft pick. The Blazers aren't particularly doing the greatest right now. So, they'll probably be in that bid for a lottery pick themselves. For sure, for sure. These guys could be potential Blazers. You never know. I mean... We just had Scoot come from G League Ignite last season. So it was kind of a big game. And so got to got to tell him congratulations. And uh, he does do incredible work. And and I give it to him, doing it independently as well. And like that so that's pretty much, impressive. Like already enough respect. Like already yeah. visible, but like doing it the way he does it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, no, I could speak so many appreciations and respects for him. Great guy, great work. I learn a lot from his work. And yeah. Yeah, so all around, really, really cool. Thank the folks at NSMA, of course, um, you know, alongside across the nation, some really, really incredible sports reporters as mm -hmm. well. And it's really interesting because, you know, sports business is like only really a fraction of the stuff I do at the Business Journal. So mm. I, it was kind of weird for me at first. I was like, you know, it, it, I, I feel like I have a lot of imposter syndrome as like a young reporter, just generally speaking. So I was like, yeah. dang, like this is only a fraction of what I do. Like I feel sometimes like, you know, like what am I doing here? But it was cool. It was cool to be honored because then I looked back and I was kind of able to be like, all right, no, I did some really important stuff sports business wise this year. Yeah. And like it deserves to be recognized because if somebody else had done what I did, I'd be like, oh, yeah, calling all the shots. Absolutely. Like, be like you deserve this. Yeah, so for sure. It, it's, it's been super, super you Pat cool. yourself on the back. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you feel like it validates what you're doing in the sports sort of part of your job? And also, like, do you think maybe this is going to make you want to do more of that in the future? Yeah, it definitely validates it. Because um, I did a lot last year um, in 2023. I did a huge story um, on the Portland Thorns and kind of how they, you know, come back from, you know, the scandal of 2022 with the Yates report. And I was real proud of that story. It, it took me a while. There was a lot of bumps and curves and a lot of behind the scenes stuff that kind of got in the way of it. Mm -hmm. But the final product was incredible. I was very, very proud of it. Um, it came together nicely. All the sources, you know, were really happy with it, which is what matters to me. Um, and then I did a story towards the end of the year last year about um, the pay to play gap in um, competitive, you know, pay to play sports for kids because I played softball my entire life um, at a highly competitive level, yeah. traveled the country for my entire young adult life. And I was very, very blessed to be able to do that and have a family that could afford to put me through that. Yeah. A lot of kids do not have that luxury. Sure. And so it was um, it was it was a really cool joint effort by me and my editor in chief, uh, Suzanne. You know, we kind of talked about the story idea. It came together and I was really proud of how that story came together because nobody was really doing reporting on that front about how we close this gap and why it needs addressed. Mm. Um, and it is a sports business story. It is a business story at its front. And yeah. so, yeah, it was, I, it was super cool. I, I'm curious because I we talk about baseball, obviously, a lot. And, you know, softball is, is just, you know, the women's side of things, sort sure. of a counterpart, if you will. But um, do you consider like baseball now is what I at, at least believe baseball has become. Do you now consider softball more of a country club sport? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, hmm. I've kind of been removed from it for a while. Okay. Um, I kind of, when I quit, I quit when I was 16 because I got hurt and I kind of, out of like a emotional need a little bit, stepped away from it just because right. I was so in love with the game and it broke my heart to leave. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I think baseball definitely a little bit more so. Absolutely. Um, I, but I don't know about softball. I think... 
it, it, it depends. The access is really the important thing. Cause I talked to my dad, you know, kind of just in curiosity when I was doing that story, I was like, you know, how much money did we not, no, not we, how much money did you, you spend? spend yeah. How much money did you spend per year? And I'm an only child and I played it again, a really highly competitive level and yeah. there's a lot of money involved. And he told me, and I was like, good God. And so I, I think from that respect a little bit, yeah, I think sure. we really, really need to close, you know, all the play gas. But I think in baseball and softball specifically, there's just so much. I mean, I was a catcher. So you got right. all the catching gear, yeah. you got all the different kinds of bats. I know what it's you like. You got travel, you got to do all this stuff. You got the hotels, you got the lessons. I mean, the lessons were half the, or- the yeah. orange slices, the Capri Suns. That for, all yeah, 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 for sure. So I don't know. But I mean, you know, you, you asked to, you know, want to do more of it in the future. It's funny. I was thinking about this on the way over and I... I was the I was the sports editor for my high school newspaper and yearbook, and that was only because I was the only like sports player, <laughs> like uh, year, yeah. yearbook, yearbook and newspaper nerds. Yeah, don't I really know what that's like. like. Yeah, they're nerds. I yeah, know what it's like. You said it yeah, more yeah. so through college because I, I wasn't that nerdy yet uh, in high school. So once I got to college, that's when I got to experience like, like oh, I'm the only person. I'm about to be working with. <laughs> right, right. It's right. like oh, I'm the only person in my major that plays sports. So cool. Right. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I did sports in that sense, but I never really saw myself being a like sports reporter in any sense of it, let alone sports business as well, because I don't really consider myself personally like a, you know, gung-ho business person. And so it's been yeah. really cool to step into this role and learn some things that are new, but also like attach my passion that I have for sports. Like I for still sure. do mm. love sports so much. I believe in what they do for kids. I believe what they do for individuals. I believe what they do for communities. Yeah. And so it's been really, really cool to step in it that way. Um, but I don't know, maybe if somebody, you know, if I keep doing good stuff with the business journal, you know, some years down the road, you know, get bigger organization or something, who knows? Sky's the limit at this point. I'm trying to trying to reframe how I see things this year because I'm still like super, super young. I love that. (laughs) And I I, I take myself a little too seriously sometimes. And so I'm trying to like step back a little bit and just be like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And, you know, blessings all around. So we'll see. The door's open, you know. Absolutely. Let's let's take it back a little bit. We had you on here in 2022. And I went back to, you know, refer to that podcast and you briefly talked about your background, but also on that particular episode, we had two guests that day. So we kind of got in, got out of one interview and then got into an interview with you. And we had some pretty big time topics that were going on in the news cycle at the time that we wanted to get to. So now... It's all about you. We're celebrating you here today, (laughs) at least to start. The the, the news stories can can be on the back end. We're not in a rush to get there. Um, Where you come from, you know what I'm saying? You're you're starting the industry, in the business, um, as a writer, as a reporter, obviously a college experience as well. And just how did we get here today to have you as just the fourth woman to win this award? Really? That dates back (laughs) to 1959. Oh, I didn't know that. I would imagine. I do what I I can. I do what I can. But you are just the fourth woman to win this award that's been that's been given since 1959. Let's take it back to the beginning. And we'll get back up here. Not, to the not as far back as 1959. <laughs> I don't think we can go that far back. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, uh, my name is Demi Lawrence. I grew up in uh, Fishers, Indiana, which is a suburb of Indianapolis, uh, you know, and I went to Ball State University in northeastern Indiana. Um, studied uh, journalism and telecommunications, and I was part of the student newspaper there, uh, graduated in three and a half years, graduated at the end of 2020, which was an insane time to graduate, obviously. Um, And then I 
didn't even get to have my college graduation because it was COVID, but I didn't really, I was more focused on my career at that point. I was like, yeah. if I don't get to walk, like, that's fine. Like, I, A, I've been born and raised in this state. I want to get the heck out of here. Right. Oh, I heard the accent. They <laughs> get, get the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It, it comes oozed up out. sometimes. It yeah. oozed out. <laughs> yeah. And so then I moved to South Carolina. I moved to Myrtle Beach. Um, and I lived in Myrtle Beach for about a year working for the Post and Courier. But I reported in Georgetown, South Carolina, which is about um, an hour west of Myrtle Beach. And it is directly in between Charleston and Myrtle Beach. Mm. And so I attribute a lot of like my growth as a young individual to reporting on Georgetown just because it transformed me so much as a human being. You know, it, Georgetown is a predominantly black city in South Carolina. It's one of the first, like the last blue dots left on the South Carolinian coast. Mm. Um, it was a former steel mill town. So in the 90s, it fell out. When I got there in 2020, 2021, it was really going through an identity crisis of what it wanted to be going forward. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I was a 21-year-old transplant parachuting down there. I was from the Midwest. I, I didn't know anything about what I was doing coming down there. And, you know, the people Georgetown did not have to welcome me in the way they did, but they did. They made sure I had dinner. They made sure I was, you know, taken care of mentally. Like, yeah. they they really, really took care of me because I was 12-hour drive from home, you know. And right. I'm, I'm an only child. I'm really close to my dad. Like, yeah. that was, like, that was tough. And so, you know, I, I was there for a year. It was the greatest honor of my life. I have a... A drawing that a local artist did of the old Georgetown Times office that is no longer there because they tore it down to build a boutique hotel, mm. which is really, really sad. Sick. Yeah, great, right? We love gentrification. And so it, I have a drawing of that forever memorialized, and I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that. So I was down in South Carolina. I did some local government reporting down there. Um, I got to report on the um, – I think I can't remember what how or you know what part of the legislature it was, but it was the South Carolina legis legislator um, Tom Rice was one of the few Republicans that voted to impeach Donald Trump, so everybody wanted to primary him. I was put in charge at 22 years old of covering that race, which was uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, especially as like a young queer woman in the South was very interesting. Like yeah. just having kind of that perspective. Um, but got to I learned a lot from that. I got to do a lot of really vital reporting that I'm really, really proud of looking back on it. Um, and then got the opportunity to move up here to Portland and, and cover the footwear and apparel industry. That's all it was when I first got here. And what, what year was that? Um, I got here at the very beginning of 2022. Okay. So I got the job offer at the very, very end of 2021 because I remember I drove from South Carolina to Indy, spent Christmas of 2021 in Indy with my dad. And then my dad and I, like the day after Christmas or two days after, started the drive out here from Indiana. So I got here um, and it, it was funny. I... Really, I'd never, this was like the furthest west I'd ever been. Um, the oh, furthest word. west I'd ever been before this was Boise because I have family that lives there. My dad's sister mm. lives there. Got it. Um, and so I'd never been to Portland before. And journalism is very much the industry of you kind of just go where the job is. And so mm. I was like, cool, Portland sounds great. I don't know. Um, and thank God I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. Uh, I, I love it. I, I was on a call with somebody the other day and they were like, you know, how married are you to Portland? And I was like, I'm. I'm here. I'm here. Like yeah. I'm here until at least the end of my twenties and then I'll kind of figure it out. Yeah. If I like, it's still what I want. I'm 24 right now. And so, yeah, I got here and started doing footwear and apparel. So Nike, Adidas, Columbia, all that good stuff. Keen, really yeah. meeting a lot of really cool people. And I, it's funny. Cause like, I don't, coming into this, I had no idea like anything about this industry. Like yeah. I, we talked about last time, I think like I'm literally wearing Doc Martens right now. Like I'm a Doc <laughs> Martin girly. Like yeah. that is like my brand. And so coming into here doing more like sneaker stuff was really interesting, but I'm a natural learner. I loved school because I'm always wanting to learn. So it was really cool. I got to come in here and meet a lot of really, really cool 
local people. Um, and I developed kind of like, you know, outside of my beat, some niche interests that I really cared about. Um, so I really care about reporting on Portland's old town and the businesses there. I think that that's really important and something that's being missed out on. And so one of my goals for this year is, you know, to focus a little bit more on that as well. And shout out to old town, shout out to old town. I hope y'all, I hope y'all see that street route sign. Uh, not, to, not to bang, no. not to bang on you Portland business journal over here. No, but uh, no, it, I, I did see that. I yeah. Did see that. Yeah, yeah. It looks, it looks on Burnside. We coming, Burnside. We coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's like professional side of things. As far as me, I mean, I love live music. I uh, went to 21 live shows last year, I think, mm. which was pretty sick. Uh, all around here, except for uh, L.A. I went to show went to a show in L.A. for some friends of mine from college who weren't coming up here, and that was cool because, you know, they sold out the Moroccan down in L.A., and it was yeah, kind of sick. Like for they, sure. They formed their band like a half hour from my college town, and mm. so I've been friends with them for a long time. That was sick to see from them. And right. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, being from Indiana, having a mountain so close is kind of crazy, so yeah. I like to I like <laughs> to hike. I like to do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, trying out new food around here is fun, and mostly just like, you know, I don't know. I think also with journalism kind of lends itself and um you know just being who I am you know you pick kind of chosen family and you kind of figure out where you where you fit into things and stuff like that I definitely feel very very at home in Portland which is very lucky not a lot of young journalists my age get to like say that they want to stay where they're at for sure for sure I mean I I get it I mean I I came to this market as a as a college student but I went to junior college I was already 21 by the time that I came to Oregon and I've been here ever since and it's, and it's been working, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I I totally get, and I do think, you know, you talk about being a young journalist and 24 years old and a state sports writer of the year in a top 25 media market. I mean, high, high praise in that regard, but sometimes you do start to think about like, well, what's next? What's the next best market to go to? And like, you kind of rush out of being able to take in fully what a market this vibrant has to offer and, and, and how much there is to cover here in this market. So I get it. I'm glad to hear that you, you know, cause sometimes it gets looked at as like a stepping stone market, right. which it very well still could be 100%. as young as you and I both are um, in our careers yeah. and, and just all the way around, like the sky's the limit, but at the same time, there's no need to rush moving past that stepping stone no, yeah that, like yeah, yeah. enjoy that step and like you know really kind of dig your heels in it a little bit before you take it to elevate I mean, it's also, to the next level it's also nice to have a gig in a market with such viability when you look around and you're like huh people aren't yeah. able to keep jobs right now no I or, mean, or i should say they're getting squeezed out of their no, it's a crisis i mean sure. i mean listen today on this day i don't know what the date is today but um you know the la times just laid off most of its staff yeah. you know those are reporters that i go to every day for things like i read their stuff i trust them i respect them and so i was talking with some friends today i was like this one feels a little bit different like to have all of these reporters go during an election season and i mean the la times had a washington bureau that's essentially been gutted but mm. no i mean the idea of you know what's next i mean i i, I referenced it earlier a little bit i I think J school has a really journalism school has a really big problem with convincing students that this industry and this job is the only thing that should matter to you. And this is your lifeblood and you're doing something for the good of the world. And you are like, this is everything. Yes, it should be 
it should be poached that way. It should be shown that way because journalism is really, really important. For sure. But it does not prepare you, I don't think, for having a life and understanding work-life balance yeah. as a young reporter. Because nobody, nobody, nobody's going to give it to you. You have to give yeah. it to yourself. And so for sure. a lot of the last few years living here in Portland is really the first time I've been able to like kind of like sit and relax and kind of like, what do I want for my life? And so I think I used to take myself like far too seriously. Not that I shouldn't take myself seriously, but I think it, it very much came into like out in like a perfectionist way. Mm-hmm. And I very much was like, oh, like this all needs to be perfect or, oh, I can't go and do these things because, oh, I have to do this. And so I think part of what I'm trying to do lately is, you know, obviously take my job seriously. That's what I do. That's great. But really take the time to step back and be like, I'm still young. I have still so much life to live. There are so many things that are going to change. And that's super sick. Like there is so much more to be had. And so, yeah, as far as like what's, you know, the idea of like what's next for the career, I, I'm chilling, honestly, chilling. right yeah. now. I'm chilling. I love it. The Business Journal so. is I cannot say enough amazing words about working for the Business Journal. It's incredible. Yeah. I feel so lucky that I got into this at such a young age, and I'm still here, and it's still getting better and better. And so it's 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 been a really transformative last few years of being here. And, and I'm I'm happy to hear you say that because earlier you kind of made mention of you know being in a career where you kind of go where the job takes you, right. wherever the job's available, that's the market you go to. And, and I'll be honest, for me personally. I've I've been told that by like mentors. Yep. I've seen it firsthand from peers that I know that have gone market to market from job to job. And to be honest with you, I despise that about yeah. the industry. Yeah. Um, as somebody myself, like I said, I've only been in Portland mm-hmm. in my for my journalism tenure. I grew up in California in the Bay Area, came to college out here, played ball, and then decided to change my major while I was in college out here and and ended up you know, getting my bachelor's in general media. But from there, it's like I figured out ways to stay put right here because I didn't want to have the industry dictate where it was Real. that it was going to take Real. me. I yep. wanted to be able to have more yep. control Real. over that. And so even after I had initially, I, I had what, you know, you think is the best job. I'm 23 years old at the time. I'm in a top 25 market and I'm a full-time sports radio host, you know, on at the time 750 the game and you know, we're the home of the ducks and we're this and we're that. And I'm 9 a.m. to noon every day, five yeah. days a week, the youngest in the market with with a gig like that full time. But a short six months after getting that job, I was laid off. And that's mm-hmm. when I came to yeah. the realization that, ooh, if I allow this industry to dictate how I move, where I move, and and the type of moves that I make, I, I don't think I want to, ch- I don't nah, want that for nah, me. You know I, what I'm, I'm saying? I and really, I'm, I relate with that, yeah. honestly. Yeah, because I think, I, I kind of go through, Not I don't want to say love, hate, because that sounds a bit harsh, but like love, like hurt a little bit with the journalism industry because it, on its face, it, exists for good reason but I feel like in practice in the last few years it just has hurt so many people and Mm. I don't want to be part of that and historically has hurt so many people specifically marginalized communities and so that's really important to me personally that's like my life goals and mottos you know those matter more to me honestly and so but I know that voices like mine are what we need in journalism so it's a weird thing of like do I want to sell my soul to this industry that is going to take more and more than it will ever give to me or do I want to like prioritize what I put into my local community and how I take care of things on my front and like what's going to make me feel like, you know, at the end of the day on my deathbed, whatever, like, like I made a difference and like something like things were better off after I left it. And so I, I really, really relate with that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's interesting because we gave Sean Hyken his flowers for being able to win this award 
with like an independent model essentially sure. he, he has his own sub stack and was able to you know get the co with you with this award but even for for you in particular like you don't cover the beat of a team you cover a beat more so of the business of sports so there's a lot of different teams involved but usually like unless you're a columnist majority of the time there's a team that that's your reporting on in a particular beat that you cover that you can kind of sort of attach yourself to yeah. that particular like brand and it helps propel you your career your coverage all of the above for you you're with the portland business journal so you have to really go out and find and seek these stories from different teams that you might not be in the locker rooms for yes, game in and game out because this isn't particularly your beat to cover just that one team. You're covering the business of sports in this market overall. So I still think you even took a unique path to be able to get that award, but I love the fact that it's a meaningful path because the business of sport matters every bit as the, the brand of sport and, sure, and the team sure. that you are a fan of and even the product that's happening, none of this none of this stuff goes round without the business aspect of yeah, things. So. Yeah, yeah. What's cool is that it, it still requires me to keep track, you know? Like yeah. It still requires me. Like, I still have to know how the Blazers are doing, how the Thorns are doing, how the Timbers are doing, what's happening, what people are talking about, like what the issues are. And I kind of like that I get to have a bit of a unique approach of how I take it. The really cool thing about the business journal, and I mean, my editors told me this, she's like, this is your beat. Like, you do it. Like, whatever yeah. you think is best, like, you have full trust of the team to do what you want. And that's pretty sick. So that's the, really the cool aspect of things is I kind of get to choose how I want to do things and, and you know, really listen to readers and what they want and kind of pick out the stories mm -hmm. other folks like Sean and like Bill aren't doing, either that or build upon it. And so mm -hmm. I'm really appreciative for the flexibility and the trust I'm given there. Um, but you're right. It is, a it is a unique approach for sure. And I think that's why I was so, like, in awe and honor in that kind of way because yeah. I was like, I didn't think that I necessarily fit into that box but the reality is is that journalism takes on so many different forms specifically sports business all around like it can look so different to so many different people and so it, it, yeah it's a really really cool honor and it's, again to uh, share it with Sean I just again cannot say that enough it's so great well that's what I'm saying I mean like you know you're talking about like you didn't think that what you did fit into that sort of box yeah like for that nomination I'm like I'm not a journalist. I was a musician for 15 years. Oh, awesome. So that's all I ever did. Yeah. And then I met this guy and he was like, hey, you know, he I watched him do this from from the broadcasting, you know, standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I've dipped my toes in from the outside perspective. But when I see, you know, and I listen to your guys' stories and like the way that it's going, it's like, you know, you're able to make or what is it seems more imperative is that you have to make your own boxes yeah. that don't yeah. fit what the what you've been told as journo students yeah so and that's the biggest like disconnect that i'm seeing at least from like this point on because you watch people you know lose their jobs or like i mean like take take devon for instance he had six months on the radio and if he would have let the radio business tell him that he wasn't good enough after six months to be on the radio yeah then it could have it could have informed him to be like well then why would i continue to do a podcast for seven plus years now? for sure for sure. No, I think what's really interesting about the beat specifically that I do is that I have to chase a lot of stories. Not a lot of stories come to me, and I, I have to really get creative. I have to have legwork. I have to have footwork on the ground. I have to talk to people, which has never been an issue for me. I mean, I think I've told you I got into journalism because I just so happened to really love writing and really love people. Yeah. And that's a perfect marriage for this industry. And so I'm just kind of – I. I really do believe that was built and creative for this specific industry, even if it is incredibly difficult and challenging and very abnormal. But I 
do have to kind of go out and create my own things. And I do run into a lot of roadblocks where, oh, you can't do that. Or, oh, this person won't talk to you. Or, oh, well, this is how we do this. We don't do it this way. Or, oh, like, you know, just certain kind of dumb stuff like that. But again, I'm very, I, my life motto is we don't do that here. And I mean that in the sense of like, if you are somebody who's like public facing and I'm asking you a question, and you're not answering it. Cool. That's fine. I'm going to ask you it again. If you don't answer, I'm going to report you to an answer. Like we don't do that here. If you can, you can like push me around or something. Cool. You can't. Like I'm yeah. very, I'm no BS. Like I'm here to do a job. I'm here to get paid. I'm here to do what I need to do and try to make things better after it for it. Do Do you think like, like kind of piggybacking off a little bit of that and kind of creating a box for yourself, would you encourage, I guess, younger journalists to sort of seek doing the same thing? Because again, like when we talk about chasing jobs or, or sort of just, the, the approach that most traditionally trained journalists take in an industry that I think is sort of in crisis right now. It is. Especially when you see things like what happened with the L.A. Times. I mean, that's one of the most prominent publications this country has to offer, and yeah. they're struggling to hold on. But, but again, do you think sort of creating your own box gives you more of a sense of peace rather than having to kind of— Go the traditionally trained route, although you've been traditionally trained, educated, so on and, and so forth. And you're in like a traditional media setting. Right, right, setting. Right, right. right. I think first things first, I, I went to school because I needed to get my degree. I needed to have the piece of paper. I learned more in a 10-week internship than I ever did in three and a half years of school. Ever. Ever. That's that's the name of the game. My 10-week internship at the Anderson Herald Bulletin in Indiana was the most incredible experience I could have ever asked for. Agreed. So I think we need to get rid of the idea that you need to have this formal education and a bachelor's degree in order to get anywhere, first things first. Second of all, I do think the traditional route has a lot to offer. I think it has a lot of stability in some senses, even though a lack of stability in a lot of other senses. I think it gets you into newsrooms with some older folks who have a lot to you know teach you and a lot for you to learn from. Mm-hmm. But I also think you know you, at the end of the day, have to be happy with what you're doing. And if that is creating your own box and creating your own niche and creating your own sectors and going out and chasing your own stories, then do it. But if you do better with, you know, breaking stuff, if you do better with crime, if you do better with stuff that, you know, is a bit more, you know, day-to-day, you know, planned out a little bit, then do that. I think I would tell young journalists, like, you are going to be growing and learning every single day, and it's going to be painful sometimes because things are going to change, and you're going to take it personally sometimes. I know yeah. I take it personally sometimes because I care so much about what I do. Facts. And it's really difficult for me to detach the two. And so this industry is going to break your heart more than it mends it. And I think I'm even going through an instance a lot of times where it's like, you know, when will I know when or if I'm ready to leave? And I think that that is something that young journalists need to like – prioritize within themselves is like knowing themselves and understanding where they need to be and prioritizing that also while understanding that this is a really cool industry like we get to do stuff that (laughs) nobody else gets to do for sure and it is an honor and it is a privilege but it is it does come at a cost at some point so i don't know if i would say you know yeah definitely go out and like make your own box do this that the other because it doesn't work for it all there's room for it all and i think that's the beauty of it and i think you learn from yourself and just be patient, dude. Like again, J school teaches you to be so uptight. I think not mm-hmm. take it, take it easy, allow yourself to grow, accept the fact you're going to make some choices that you aren't maybe proud of later and move on from it and be better for it. Well, I mean, I mean, 
and figure out what kind of box you're going to go into if you're right. going to go out. Because I mean, because look, I don't, I never came from the tradition. I'm looking from the outside looking For in. Sure, and I honestly, respect from that. my from my perspective, it looks like there's a lot of open windows, and they yeah. all kind of lead t- to the same type of things. Like we talk on this podcast all the time about the whole new media versus old media For thing, sure. you know. And it's like, as somebody who just tries to look at it objectively without you know attaching too much heart to the to the to the plight of the people, I'm For like. Sure. I don't agree with businesses or like, you know, big corporate conglomerates, but I mean, if I'm going, I have a bunch of people on staff that are doing this thing that are like, they're, they're being a journalist or writing and I'm getting the same sort of like effect or impact, or I'm seeing the same sort of effect or impact by like some guy that just used to play the sport or somebody that has a really massive Twitter following or a dude that just started a stub stack and said, forget any sort of, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what do I, no, you know what I mean? You're like, right. and that, it, ultimately it's like, what do you, what do I need you? What do I have to pay you guys all for? That is, that needs to be said so clearly that journalism can take a lot of different forms. It does not have right. to be somebody from to an accredited sure, paper or anything. Like there is something to be said about the meshing and kind of the gray area of a citizen journalist at this point. I have such a deep level of respect for folks who don't come from the quote unquote traditional route. And it's yeah. interesting. Cause like, I mean, when I was in college, I thought I was going to be like a political level kind of reporter in DC. I want, Wanted to be in all of the drama. You wanted to be wearing a pantsuit. I wanted to wear a pantsuit. I wanted to be stunting. I wanted. I wanted. I mean, I wanted to be known. I wanted. I wanted my name to be known in a niche way. And then over the years, I was like, I kind of got a weird thing with like kind of being known in that way a little bit, like because especially what I do now, like again, I'm not really a gung ho personally, like big business person. Like I do this and I learn a lot, but it's not my like deep, deep passion. And so it's interesting because people know me for my work and that's incredible, but it feels weird sometimes because it's like, but that's not who I am. Mm. And I don't, obviously I know they don't think that's who I am, but it is a very interesting way of like, you know, separating myself from it a little bit and like, you know, making sure that people I want to know me more that I care about, like, you know, Devon and I have gotten, you know, we're good friends at this point. I feel like he knows me beyond my work now, but just like Mm -hmm. generally other people, it's, I have a weird thing with being known now, which is so funny because I used to really, (laughs) really want that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I feel like a lot of journalists come into the industry wanting that. Oh man, the clout, the clout. Yeah, of course. You want to be like uh, the spotlight. You want to be like on some spotlight show. I have seen it be the downfall of people. There's a reporter I know who I won't name obviously, but he works for Forbes and he, he's, he's just one of those people. Like we used to be good friends back in the day and he just really kind of became one of those clout chasers. And it kind of made me kind of sad because he does good work. He, he deserves the professional respect, but like kind of behind the scenes stuff. I'm like, man, like, like, what are you going to do if like, after all this is over, you know? And like, I mean, most people, you know, a lot of journalists don't retire and we do this till we die, yada, yada, yada. But like, what, like, what, like, what do you do when you go home? You know, like, like, what do you, what do you talk about when you're with your friends? Like, what do you, like, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you, you know, what do you invest in? And so, but it definitely is a lot of people get into this because they want to be known and they want to be seen, which isn't inherently wrong. I just think that. Uh, I could argue. Yeah, I mean, I I I want to hear it. I want to hear it. At least I could speak for myself because I came into the industry for like more representation purposes because I actually grew up kind of the cool kid. And I grew up, I'm I'm just being honest. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) Like I grew up, I grew up the cool kid to where journalism was corny to me. Right. So it's like I grew up the kid, even when I was in school, like, and I decided to go to journalism school. My decision wasn't based on me having like this drawn out career for myself and like having this big dream to be a journal. I was still playing basketball. I would have preferred to go play ball overseas or something and like pursue that. And even when I got into like when I started having to like do schoolwork, 
I wouldn't cover sports because I felt like I played sports. And so I was like, I'm going to cover like music. Like my senior capstone was about the evolution of hip hop. My community, my, my on-campus radio show, which you Vibing very well know, pounds, was, it was a music show because awesome. I didn't even want to touch sports because I thought it was corny as an active athlete to do so. In hindsight, it was whatever. But, but I, I say that to say like coming into the industry, like I could sniff out that there was just a lot of like cornball stuff having, happening in journalism. I just didn't truly understand the importance of journalism and of the media and the need for people that may come from like non-traditional backgrounds 100%. to be involved in, in this space and be able to kind of disrupt some of these more traditional spaces. So for me, I kind of had the opposite approach where I came in wanting to be a disruptor and wanting to represent for like a community that I come from, I don't have no like journalists that I look up to from my neighborhood For or sure. from where I grew up. You know what I'm saying? Like the journalists that I loved growing up were so out of reach for me. I couldn't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they were so out of reach for me because we looked at the the athletes, the rappers, the hoop, you know what I mean? Like sure. that's all that, that we knew kind of, and you know, wanted to be the, the cool kid. Like I grew up enough in that to where when I came into journalism, and I saw like, ooh, I can actually like make this cool rather than look at this as corny. That kind of was my approach more so than vice versa, allowing the industry to kind of make me cool and get all this clout and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, I think when I said in you know, and not wrong inherently, I think I mean it like in the most bare bones sense of like, there's nothing wrong with somebody wanting to be known. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with somebody wanting to like, you know, especially if you know, depending on where they come from. There's, I don't think there's sure. anything wrong with somebody wanting to be. Like, I get no, that. I want to be important for some reason. Now, when it comes to yeah. the expense of a lot of other things, like it tends to do, that's when it becomes the issue. Well, I mean, generally people, you know, <clears throat> the average human is okay with being important to like their friends and family. And like, yeah. that's, that's plenty. For you know sure. I mean, like me personally, and I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing any, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's no, young but, yeah. by, any, by any stretch. But I mean, I guess I would say like, like, let's use the, you know, the cool kid perspective that you had. Like, it's also worth mentioning that you were an athlete and like athletes are just sort of intrinsically like don't really talk to reporters and like give them the full scoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's where I think the issue of trying to be like, I have to have the pantsuit on to be able to get people to talk to me. It's like, answer the question, pal. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like this is, this is public interest. Like yeah. why do I need to have a, a like credentials around my neck? You're entirely if right. I'm busting my ass and I'm really trying to get the real information out of you, why do you have to make sure that I'm like cool enough to, or like important enough to yeah, talk to and be, and be transparent? Respect. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I think that that's why that level of self-importance sort of, it, 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 it like denigrates journalism. No, in a I hundred percent agree. So that, no. that's just where I sit. No, I get it. I get it for sure. Now let's get into some of your coverage. Word. Cause I, I love that conversation. We just <laughs> had a really rich, fruitful conversation. I told you, we just, we just conversed. If today. there's one thing I'm going to do, it's gab. Yeah. yeah let's get it. We, and we do that here every <laughs> that's week. Fair. That's all so, we know how which to do. by the way, before we get into your coverage, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, or maybe I'm just not aware of it, but like, you should broadcast. 
I would like to. I, I mean, we're, like it's a very to. roundabout way of we're trying to tell you, like, look it, you you might want to put one of these in front of your yeah, face because like, you never know what's what so, you're going to need to do next. What, what's so funny is that I, you know, you mentioned music. I've loved music since the day I was born, and I did sports my entire life, and I have a little bit of resentment for my family in a sense of like, y'all never got me into anything music related. Are you freaking serious? Girl, you got to right get now? that into your self self talk. I've been no, doing this. I know. You got to get that in. You can still, by the way, learn an instrument oh, tr- or whatever. Trust. I have. Uh, I have. Maybe an not with your guitar. schedule. I got a. I got. A, I got a. <laughs> MIDI, I, one of my goals this oh, year was to try to get right. more into like production because I have a lot Lord. of respect for producers. And so, no, I mean, yes, you are entirely correct. I'm just real bad about like doing stuff on the side because I got tired. Yeah, I was going to say, your schedule is pretty Yeah, yeah my schedule is pretty tough. But, like I want to. And so that feels that feels good to hear that. All right, all right, all right. Okay, I'll keep that in mind that word, you want to, word. Demi. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I, I'll keep that in mind for sure. We, we, we can work with your schedule now. Word, no. word, 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 okay. But, but I want to ask you, obviously, there's some personal interest in this, but you recently wrote a story about the Rip City remix and some of their partnerships in particular. Um, I want you to dig into that story, but but leading up to that, just talk about from your lens and from the business standpoint what your read was. First off, your reaction when there was announced when it was announced that there would be a G League team coming to Portland, and now that you're seeing the partnerships that that are being bred from this team being here in the market now like what all what all have been your thoughts about it so was so excited to hear we're getting a G League team. I was like freaking finally. Right. Honestly, I was right. like finally. Great. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's I got love, the hat. Yeah, the, the hat. Remix it's, hat. It's, Say it's, that hat. <laughs> it's sick. It's sick. So I was real, real excited because I was like, you know, more opportunity for me to learn, more opportunity for me to talk to people, and honestly, more opportunity for players to get into the league and yeah. to make a name for themselves. Like that's incredible. And so you know, I was I, I was in talks with you know some of the remix people who obviously you know uh, trade over with Trailblazers folks because I right. Uh, the comms team at the trailer is just one of my favorite comms team people to work with. Yeah. I freaking love them. Yeah. So I was just kind of in talks with them and I was talking with some folks and they were like, yeah, like, you know, the partnerships we do as a trailblazers, they're great, but like we're really being experimental with our partnerships here with the remix. Like we're really trying to do some stuff and see if it works. And if it doesn't, great. If it does, awesome. We can maybe transfer to trailblazers. And I was like, okay, well, like, what does that look like? And so started talking about some small businesses and and really what got to me is when they said that they had partnered with the tattoo studio. I'm a heavily tattooed person and I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Like you don't hear about that happening very often. For and so sure. as a journalist, kind of like my ticker box of what stories are, is it does it interest me? If it interests me, it's going to interest other people. Maybe not everybody, but somebody's going to get it. So I was like, okay, there's first ticker. Second ticker, this is unique. This is not something I've ever heard of before. Third of all, how is a partnership with a tattoo studio going to work? Like, are you going to like do giveaways for tattoos? Like not everybody wants a tattoo. Like how, like what, how does this work? Like I want to know the logistics of how this came together and what it's going to look like. So that's kind of how the story came together. And then, you know, in talking with some of the um, remix folks, you know, they were talking about how they wanted to do some of the partnerships, you know, all that good stuff. And I was like, all right, I want to talk to this tattoo studio. I want to talk to tattoo 34. And so I talked with Nisha, the owner and, you know, her, wonderful individual. I'm definitely going to go there and get some work done in the future. I'm on a hiatus right now for tattoos for the first six months of the year. Okay. Okay. uh, You know, scouts, Uh scouts honor for myself. So, (laughs) so I, you know, in talking with her and I was like, you know, what, what is this partnership going to look like? And she was like, honestly, I have no idea. We've been throwing some ideas around, like maybe like, you know, some custom flash sheets for some of, you know, the artists and people can come in and get a discount or, you know, get like a, you know, a gift card, you know, a giveaway with the remix. And I was like, you could even do like that, you know, the flash sheet, but like make it sticker 
markers for folks who don't even necessarily want a permanent tattoo. And she's like, oh, that's a really good idea. Press-ons. Yeah, yeah, press-ons, like Mm -hmm. stickers or just like anything, like, you know, ones that fade, stuff like that. And so it was just really cool to learn. And then the, 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 the main meat of it all for me is, you know, it's so Portland, you know, small business oriented. We really focus on helping, helping our own. And so I really liked it from that sense of like, you know, these are small businesses that are going to benefit from this. And these are people who are going to these games. We're going to see these businesses who already have their mindset of, I want to support small because that's how Portland is. And I freaking love it. It's one of my favorite parts (laughs) about this city. So it was really kind of just a beautiful amalgamation of a lot of things, of a lot of interesting things that came together, a lot of kind of the logistics of what I know our readers want. And it, I, I really, really liked doing that story because I enjoyed doing those interviews. Yeah, I mean, I like that quote you got about how, paraphrasing obviously, but that they, the remakes are like, a, a business of their station, but they're operating more like a startup. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a keen you know, perspective to have for them. I agree. Yeah. And I, I like that. I, she, you know, um, the person I talked to their, their name is leaving me right now, but you know, said very much, we're kind of considered the innovation hub. And I think that's really cool because then, you know, some of these, you know, partnerships or, or, um, you know, I guess tests of partnerships, I guess you would say really start to work out. It could go up to the trailblazers level and that could really impact the rest of the league as well. And we're talking yeah. about things that really have consequent, like good consequential things that could happen from it for small businesses. And yeah, I, it it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. But I, I liked that quote, too. I was like, it's a really cool way to look at it because it's true. And it reflects a lot of the product that's out there on the floor anyway. I mean, you could talk tattoos and amongst so many other things, but all these dudes are tatted up. Blasted. 100%. 100%. Top to bottom. Blasted. blasted. You know what I'm saying? Blasted. No, yeah, I, saw, I like, saw like a, a promo post they did today with, I can't remember who the player was, but he was like talking about when he got his first tattoo and like going through some of his tattoos. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, yeah. that's a story. Yeah. And, and that's part of what I, I love. You know, being with the remix so far is that I've been able to come into the situation and just like be me and do me. I haven't had to live up to like what you would think right. an NBA broadcaster, if you will, would have to live up to. Like they've allowed me to come in and just cook. <laughs> <laughs> and cook media, well. <laughs> media day, media day, cook. Like whatever you, you know what I mean? Like you make the questions up. No. You do, you know what I'm saying? Like cook, do you. Like on the broadcast, just cook, do you. I have had nobody over my head, you know, okay, you need to do this. But it's nah, cook up. Grow, so develop, sick. do your thing. Like, That's like so I feel so good to be able to be a part of a brand. And again, it's the remix. Like, even down to like me being a DJ. Like, I'm I DJ at like bars and you know what I'm saying and stuff right. like that. I do private events as well. But just like being a DJ, yeah, there's obviously correlation between like DJing and broadcasting generally, especially when you speak more so from a music standpoint. But but to be able to DJ and also do like sports broadcasting in particular. And just be like accepted for it and almost having to turn down, being able to like take my headset off and go run over to the DJ booth and go do a mix real quick during the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah, nah, I'd rather just broadcast here. And you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's cool that, you know, it's, it's been extended to me in that way to just like, man, let it, let it all flourish. Do you, and whatever you like to do here is the remix. Like let's have fun with it and let's create. And so that it's been like pressureless nearly. I mean, I'm, I always put pressure on myself to do my job at the best of my ability, but it's in terms of like not having to live up to status quo or what was, because we never had a G league team here. 
it, it's it's such a good situation to come into that I think will help for me translate even when I do go elsewhere that may already have some history and may already have tradition. Like that won't really phase me so much because I've been able to just kind of do my thing here. Yeah, no, that idea of living up, I, I relate with because the person who had my job before me at the business journal, Matt Kish, he now works for the Oregonian doing the same beat as me. And so we're competitors now. And you know, he did that. He did the beat at my job, my, you know, my position now 10 years, yeah. literally like half of my life. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean you're hiring a 22 year old to come in and do this? Are you kidding? Right. Right. <laughs> so it, I, I really, it took me a while to kind of break out of that, but like, no, this is mine now. I'm good. I don't have to do it Matt's way. I got to do it Demi's way. Exactly. I, 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 so I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I love not being able, not having to just deal with that pressure overall. Um, I do want to ask you about WNBA to PDX. Obviously, some things fell through with that. Um, we, I've reported on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was one of the earlier folks reporting on it um, through Street Roots and, and interviewing Senator Wyden and being in conversations with him um, as everything was kind of coming about. Um, but for you, obviously, just kind of seeing things break down a little bit, especially when now we know we were like so close to so making it close. happen. Like, what are your kind of thoughts about that? It, it 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 was it was weird. It was weird because all of my sources told me we're getting it. We're yeah. getting it. No no way fans or butts. Yeah. And so it was a learning experience for me as a reporter to to have a little bit of skepticism even in the moments mm. where you're like, yeah, this is for sure. Because if I had it felt for sure. <laughs> if I had had a little bit more skepticism, like a healthy amount, I think I could have gotten on top of some reporting when the news broke that we weren't getting it a lot quicker. Mm. And not that I mm. didn't you know do it as as you know as well as I could have. I just that's a, it was definitely a learning lesson. So. It's a shame. It really is just a shame. Um, it it would have, and you know, down the line will hopefully, you know, I'm still yeah, praying for it. Same, will likewise. do so well. Like I can't yeah. even begin to explain to people who aren't who don't live here, like how well it will. It would do thrive. Here. So it's a shame. Um, you know, it when it when it all came falling down, it was a really big shock. Um, I ended up doing a story. I did some foyers from the city. Um, or you know, in, in, um, public records requests from the city and kind of figured out what happened. It was a lot of different issues between the venue and when they were going to play and, you know, um, some stuff that needed to happen to Moda, some stuff that needed to happen to Coliseum as far as repairs go. And it was kind of just an amalgamation of a lot of different things. And I don't know. I It's it's one of those things where I, I like, almost didn't even have words for it anymore. Yeah. It's just, it makes me real sad because it would have just done so, so well. And it will do well. It will do well eventually. I do have a lot of hope that it will come eventually. It just, I feel like we Portland really needed something new and a win, I really feel like i feel yeah. like it needed something to pour into and i think that that would have been an incredible opportunity for the city i agree i agree i want to ask you this and i don't know if this is something that you've like reported on or, or even thought about but um just gleaning from your your knowledge and your experience when it comes to the business of sports and seeing sort of the impact and the influence that sports betting and gambling yeah. is happening uh with sports like where do things stand for the business of sports in itself? Like, what are some of the trends that you're seeing? And are any of those trends being impacted by sports gambling gambling, and sort of just the takeover of it, essentially, all the way down to even journalism? Like, yeah, you're seeing yeah, all these pod, yeah. Like, the sports gambling companies are like... Here, I'll give you however million amounts of dollars to go, like, create a podcast. No, yeah, so. <laughs> and, and it, you know what I'm saying? I like, do. ESPN has ESPN bet now. Never would have thought yeah. I'd see the day, but yeah. here we are. I don't know. It's interesting. One of my best friends from high school works as a reporter doing, like, reporting on sports betting stuff. And mm. It's really interesting because he started. Where's his, that at? 
Um, he, I don't know who he does it for, but he lives back in Indiana where I'm from. I oh, can't great. remember who he works for, unfortunately, <clears throat> off the top of my head. But he started his journalism career just doing blogging on the LA Clippers. Like, that's how I started his journalism career, and he really, like, got into it from there. <laughs> what a sad start, man. The I, right, <laughs> right, right, right. They're but, finally figuring it out. They're finally figuring finally, it out. yeah. So it's, I don't know. Clipper I, curse. I, I, won't, I won't lie. I don't know a lot as far as, like, professional or my reporting standpoint a lot about sports betting, but it's mm-hmm. as far as, like, how it's impacting things, I think – we're at a time where we have access to technology that we never had before, and that can either be a blessing or a curse, however you want to handle it. And I think that we're getting into um, a time where a lot of people in power want to continue to make the money and want to continue to make more money. And so I feel like, Mm. unfortunately, we are at a point now where it could possibly be starting to influence things and how sports are done and how they're played and how things are done. And it's, it's, it's interesting. And I, again, I don't know a lot about it to be honest. So I'm, I'm hesitant to say too much on it because I'm not professional in that sense. Uh Um, but it, it is interesting to me. I also, one of my like, this is totally off topic, but I promise it gets back. One of my like micro niche interests as an individual is addiction. I think it's really interesting, like how the brain works and you know, the disease of addiction and stuff like that. And you know, when you are profiting off of something that someone can get addicted to and somebody can it can, you know, hurt someone's life. I think you then get into a very interesting moral dilemma when you have money attached to that specifically. Mm. And so that's what my mind goes to at first, just because I have a passion for that as an individual. Right. And it's something that I'm interested in. Um, but there, I mean, there's so many different routes you could go down with this story. And unfortunately, again, I just don't have, you know, the, the expertise I wish I had on it, but that's a story I might look into. So I might, hey I, I, might I might do a little <laughs> something, get the story ideas hey on the pod. That's right. That's right. That's why, that's why you got to keep coming back. Oh, you listen, never know. I will, I will come back as long as you have me. Again, I love to gab. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We will. We'll, we'll definitely be having a lot more of you here. Cause, cause again, I, for one, from, from the day and the moment I met you, there's no surprise for me that you are where you are now. Thank you. Just because I, for, first and foremost, you do great work, but I just saw the, the hunger. You know what I'm saying? Like, I saw that you were just willing to just go for it all. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And like, and I've known you since 2020, since you, since I, mean, I started. Shortly after you moved here. For sure. Um, You know, I, I got to meet you. I don't even remember how we fully crossed paths, but however it happened, we kind of just clicked right away. Yeah, we did. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and you came and you joined on the podcast and it was like, damn, she's what, 22 at the time? I was 22, 22 yeah. at the time. I'm like... She she's something is going to work out for her. (laughs) Thank you. I I don't know what that something is, but something is going to work out for her. And so to be able to see you, you know, a short year and a half later, be honored in the way that you are making history in this space with your work by way of your work and your pen and doing what it is that you're doing, like. I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you, man. Um, and, and and I love to see what it is that you're doing. And and again, you you're you're changing narratives. You're you're changing what this entire thing looks like, especially yeah. here in this state and just at large in the industry. Yeah. And and embrace that. Embrace no, that. No, you're right. And I mean, I was thinking again on the way over here. I, it was it was interesting. You know, you mentioned only fourth woman, which I don't know that that's sick. Um, and I think very much when I think of a traditional sports pr- reporter, I definitely think of kind of like. 
the dude bro a little bit. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, they know a lot. And they, you know, a lot of times have worked their ass off to get there and it's not anything wrong. But like you said, like, you got into journalism because you wanted to show representation that you didn't necessarily have. And right. I think that that's, there's really something to be said about that. And I think back to, you know, people I looked up to as a young girl. And I mean, I played softball, so I looked up to Jenny Finch. I looked up to all the women who were, you know, broadcasting for the, you know, NCAA World Series in Oklahoma yeah. City. Like, I looked up to them. And so it's really cool now thinking, you know, I'm looking at, like, you know, young reporters who are still in school. And, like, I have a really big passion for trying to mentor young reporters because I'm still young, a young one, but, like, fresh out of school because, like, there are so many things that they just can't teach you in J school. or yeah, You, you have to, sure. like, learn the hard way. And so... I think it's really cool to be able to be named among the people I was, but to also be a woman named among yeah. the men I was named among. For I sure. think that's super sick. And, um, you know, especially in a market like this where there is so much, you know, richness in the people who are doing it. I mean, Brianna as well won the broadcast. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's incredible. I really, really respect the work she does. Yeah, she and gets busy. Yeah, she, yeah, she gets busy. So it's, it's, it's really, really cool to be a part of it. I want to continue to be a part of it. I want to see more diversity in these kind of sorts because we're, we're never done. Never. That's the, that's the thing for me is like when yeah. you honor people and when you see that representation, we're never done. There's always work to be done. Absolutely. People can, people can see that as a, as a determent. I see it as a challenge. I see it as I want to do more for this. I want to be better. I want to do more. I want to do this because we as a society deserve to have that. It's all about perspective. For sure. It's all about perspective. You got anything? You you, you looking all over here. I, I told you, uh, Demi's the truth, man. Man, I'm Demi's the truth, dog. You know me, man. When I meet new people, I try to do more listening than talking. Yeah. So, and uh, I've, I've been happy to listen to you so far. No, yeah. And I, I like reading it. your stuff. I actually want to see you do a little bit more um, follow up on that Nike budget restriction piece. Yeah. Because I've kept reading that article and I noticed that at least. It must have been at least two sources because it caught my attention, or I'm just short attention span. But, you know, they're using the word innovation a lot, and I'm just like, start making – Disc golf shoes. No, you're bro. right. No, you're right. The, Somebody <laughs> needs to start making disc golf shoes. Dog innovation. If I had a dime for every time I heard the word innovation from a what does that head, mean? I swear it to, to these God. people. Um, it means anything different than what they're doing right now because ain't working. But they don't do anything different. That's no, the craziest right. no, shit about. No, yeah. no, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I mean, it's very fascinating to me to think about what Nike does and is for the industry. It's everything. I mean, it's the number one dog. It used to be the change maker that led things. You know, Chris Burns, who I talked to, love him. He's great. And he made the really good point of like, they're just chasing now. And that's really interesting to me because then we got other, you know, smaller mid-sized companies coming in here like on and Hoka and Brooks and really taking over the running space. And that's sick to see, but it's really, it's, it's very fascinating to me. Like what is innovation and innovation to me, or at least what I'm saying with Nike right now are these running shoes that these folks are breaking marathon records in. Um, but they are coming really, really late into the market. Hoka on and Brooks have been making these shoes that people are buying out for years at this point. And also really expensive. Yeah. And a lot of people, we're at a point now, I mean, from personal experience, we're at a point now, I think, where young people who are kind of the market that Nike's trying to go towards, they don't want to wear Nike. That's a mega corporation. The young people don't want anything to do with a mega corporation. You know, there's a lot of movement right now in how we spend our money in, in local, you know, local companies and smaller companies and stuff like that. And so I'm kind of seeing Nike size as almost kind of where we're at as a society. Not, I mean, listen, let's make it so clear. Nike's Nike. I was they just are, about to say fifty plus billion in annual revenue. That sounds going, like a lot of people are trying they to wear Nike. Ain't <laughs> going nowhere. So that's not what I'm trying to say here. I'm trying to say though that it, there is a prime opportunity for folks with smaller to mid sized companies to make a make a chunk in in what we got in the market right now. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, there's 
either origin originators and there's innovators. And ninety nine point eight percent of us are innovators. Yeah, that's all we can do. Yeah, and yeah. especially in that space, it's like, dude, you're not going to reinvent the shoe, dog. Yeah, yeah. So maybe try to figure out what you think innovation means. Because- it, yeah, yeah. And I mean, what I said in that story is interesting too, because like the f- like um, the lifetime of planning and creating and designing a shoe is like eighteen months. Okay, so you have to think out to 2025. And that is, you know, when we already have as much product as we do on the market right now, like that's a long time. And so a lot can change by then. And so, you know, to to the, you know, um, detriment of the designers, you know, they're working already against a timetable. But I do think that there, excuse me, needs to come, there needs to be new voices that comes in. There needs to be new ideas, people who aren't from the industry come in and be like, what if we did this crazy thing? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because I feel like, I mean, Chris said it really well in the story, man, interviewed him. He's like, we just got too much of the same people in this industry. And I'm not saying that it's bad to have people who know what they're doing. Obviously, it's good to have people who know what they're doing. But have people who can come in and be like, you know, I worked on computers. Like, what if we did this thing? What if we did this? Like, I think that that could really, really be the game changer for some of these companies. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, De- Demi, Demi, so happy that you made it here. Thank Again, you. We, we can't congratulate you enough and, and just keep doing what you're doing. We're Thank proud you. of you. We're Thank proud you. of you. And we'll have you back a whole lot more to keep gabbing, huh? Thank you guys so much. It's an <laughs> honor, truly. And yeah, no, so glad to be here. So glad you guys asked. A- absolutely. Much love. On that note, we are going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and Thank go you. in. <laughs>